Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. My guest today is Ann Torres of Try It Your Way Coaching. Ann coaches triathletes who are ready to take their performance to the next level. Ann and I have been working together since December of last year. She's a strong woman in both senses of the word. And I had been trying to find the right angle to have her on the podcast. True story. We did an on-air coaching call and it did not work. Even my podcast editor was like, yeah, no. And rightfully so. We went in too many directions. So as Anne and I were talking afterwards, we realized that a coaching session we had recently done might be of interest. It was a great session where we were both on fire. Now, all of us, we all have ideas that need fleshing out. And in this session, Anne wanted help fleshing out her thoughts around a possible talk that she wanted to deliver at a conference. And given that I know her and her business well from the inside, that was what she wanted to spend time on. Now, I'm not a speaking coach, but I am great at digging and pulling insights out of people. And because some of you wonder what actual coaching is like, I wanted to give you a raw, barely edited session where neither of us is giving any mind to the possibility that this might be aired. Both of us are fully in, being our authentic selves. My experience of podcasting is that when I know something is going to air, I'm much more selective about my words. And I do more thought filtering that pulls me away just a bit from being fully present. This episode is more fly on the wall for an actual coaching session. And be forewarned, I use a bit of colorful language in this episode. So if you have littles in the background, you may want to move them out of your shot. I also think you'll be in support of the platform that Anne develops in this session. She has an important message to share, and I bet it will resonate with you. Here she is. As we dive right into this conversation, triathlete coach, Ann Torres. The questions you were asking me 
think it was the time before last, just trying to pull out some stuff were really helpful. And I thought that, you know, a similar process might help me kind of decide on a topic to present to them. Uh huh. Let's talk about this mentally strong idea first. Why is it so important to be mentally strong, particularly as women in the sport of triathlon? I think that we have sort of a tougher road that we're trying to walk along. Um, it's just harder for women. You know, we, we finally are coming to the point where say, for example, prize money is equal, but women still aren't getting as much funding say in colleges and women coaches, this is like hard to prove, but women coaches are viewed very differently. What do people say about women coaches in your own mind? Not as tech. Uh, maybe this is just my own, my own, um, mindset stuff. I think women coaches are viewed as not as um, knowledgeable about the technical side. My husband has said he thinks that a lot of men would be would have a lot of trouble being coached by a woman. And maybe I should ask him more about that to flesh that out a little bit. I think in any sort of technical field, we tend to believe a man is an expert just because he's a man. Women are just questioned more, I think. And again, I don't really have any proof. I would have to, you know, do some research on, on various things, but I do see that attitude a lot of times where the man is deferred to as the expert. The man is more listened to. He has more sort of inherent authority. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is, is just this like very long history of suppression of women and, and all of that still in our society And on the flip side, I think, you know, it it takes, it takes two sides, you know, um, women tend to defer to men. I see that all the time. Women tend to not speak as confidently or, you know, they, they, they over apologize or they say, I think rather than stating it as fact, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's important to recognize that it's important to recognize that in ourselves and try to stop that. You know, when I when I started learning about how women say sorry for everything, I started noticing myself saying sorry like for no reason. Like like stop. <laughs> we have to stop apologizing because there's nothing to apologize for. I, there's something to apologize for obviously. Yeah. Stop saying I'm sorry. You were like 30 seconds late. It's fine. Yeah. So the action that we can take, the action that women can take, we can't force people to change their perspective. We can't force people to say, oh, you know, to respect our opinion or, or our advice or our knowledge as much as others. But we can come forward with confidence. And that takes a lot of mental grit. It's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to change those habits that we tend to have as women. And <clears throat> I've been working on it myself for a while and it's getting easier, but I think that's, that's indicative of like, it takes work. Like it's not going to happen overnight. You're, you're not going to improve your confidence in your own knowledge and your own ability overnight. And everybody might still suffer from imposter syndrome and all those things, but we can work on this and we can get better. And that is doing our part on our side to say, no, we, we are equal. And I think that will start to filter into the industry if we can do that. 
until we do that, I don't think that we can expect to be equal. Mm-hmm. Love it. Or to be viewed as equal. That's, that's a better way of saying it. I mean, we are equal. It's just we need to believe it and we need others to believe it. Right. And I think the step that comes first is, is us believing and, and acting as such. What will women get when they act as such and become viewed as such? Well, I almost don't like this word, but I think it's going to empower women to be able to be leaders in the industry. There are, there are some amazing women leaders in the industry, but there are more men. And I think men tend to have more success and more uh, um, notoriety or something. So I think it will empower us and, and strengthen us and give us more confidence to step forward and say, our perspective is, is valuable. It's, it's equal. And it's a huge asset to this sport. Pause for one second. I'm having a thought. All right. So let me share screen. I'm just thinking about like titles and the way you position it. All right. Do you see my lips and screen? Yeah. Okay. So this is my top episode. That's Nikki Roush. So what I'm looking for is like, what episodes of mine, when it comes to thinking have been really great. So this one, number 12, 10 lies that are holding you back. So that was 14 episodes ago, and it's still hanging out near the top. So it just makes me think about lies that are holding us back. You know what you just said, like 10 lies that women tell themselves in triathlon that are holding themselves back. Just positioning it like thinking and playing bigger, women thinking and playing bigger in triathlon or something like that. I'm just, what I'm doing here is seeing if there's anything that we can glean from the ranking of my own podcast episodes yeah. to think of a position for what you just said to me. Because I think that message, people love this message, right? But when it's packaged as like women need to be empowered leaders, we're just like snooze. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Heard that. That's why I hate, I, I like hate using that word because I'm like, ah, people are just going to turn me off if I say empowered, you know? Yes. Yeah, totally. Do you want me to keep sharing this or turn it off? Uh, the only one other one I was just, I just wanted to look at uh, that other one that from holding back to leading looks like I might just listen to these just for, you know, some ideas, even if. Um, so this one from holding back to leading with Janine, um, she talks about like, it's what you just said to me, except for she's in the boardroom, right? Like she. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. I, I, I remember that one and I'll, I think I'll listen to it with this. Yeah. Again, with this perspective. Right. So she's in a, a similar boat, right? Male dominated industry, um, tech ad digital space, and she is struggling with playing small in the boardroom. Okay. So food for thought. We'll just, we can put it in the back burner or we can bring it to the front burner if you think it's useful. Yeah, no, this is good. I just wrote down 12, 10, and I'm also going to listen to again, 21, um, because that's also key. Like, this mindset stuff takes a lot of work and, and you can't just be like, well, I'm just going to improve my mindset and, and pay attention to my mindset. You have to have some strategies <laughs> that you recognize and then have the strategies to address it and then do that consistently because it takes time. Yes. It takes work. It takes time, work, and consistency. Can I take you on a tangent for a sec? Tell me some bullshit lies that women in triathlon tell themselves and believe. Um, I'm not an athlete. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I hear that. What else? I'm slow. Awesome. Keep going. I'm never going to be as good as these other people. Um, some of them are not so much lies. They're more feelings about, um, about things that people have. Such as? 
this is a really intimidating sport. Um, what else? All these other people are way, you know, way more accomplished than I am or way more into the sport than I am. <clears throat> Some, something that a lady said to me the other day, I was talking to her about coaching. She said, <clears throat> is coaching out of my league? Is it, is it like over my head? I'm this, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly new, new to the sport. Like do only good people do only good, really fast people get coached. How about the men are? Um, the men are more competitive. <clears throat> men are not as welcoming. Men are faster. Did I already say men are intimidating? Uh-huh. And therefore I can't, or I have to, I can't, uh, train with the men. A lot of, a lot of what I hear <clears throat> is women talking about their, you know, bettering themselves, which is great. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. Uh, you know, the type of person I want to work with. Um, it always comes with the caveat. I'm not looking to win. I'm not looking to get on the podium. I just want to set a PR. I'm like, great. Own that like competitive nature. I know it's in there. Actually, I was thinking about this last week. It is extremely hard for women to own their competitive nature, to own that they want to win. I have a hard time announcing that I want to win my races. And I do, I desperately want to win. Uh, I think you can want that and also be gracious when you lose, but it is so hard for women to admit that they want to win. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> um, and I think that bleeds into tr to training. Actually, I think it bleeds into how we approach, um, our training. You know, if we are telling ourselves I'm just trying to get faster than last year. I'm not fast. I, I'm not training to win. Then we're going to hold ourselves back. You know, the mind will stop you. You know, if you're out on a hard run and you're like, well, I'm just trying to get faster. I'm probably going to get faster just because I'm running more miles. Then are you going to push yourself through that last interval? No, probably not. What do you think they're scared of? Probably appearing overconfident, cocky. Um, I think there's a, a tendency women have to want to be very humble and downplay their, their participation or their accomplishments. I find it extremely hard myself to receive like, I mean, you know, a compliment and I'll, I'll try to, you know, I'm gracious. And, but if it's like a big, like huge compliment and somebody's like going on and on. I'm like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I sort of feel like I need to either downplay that or find a way to turn it around and be like, well, you're great too. You know, um, I, and I just have this tendency to want to be, and I think there's a lot of positives to that. Like we're very, um, we want to build each other up and we, we want to create community and collaborate. And that's the positive side. The, the negative side is that we don't reach our full potential because we tell ourselves that we either that we can't or that we don't want that or whatever. Or it's unladylike. It's unbecoming. Women shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can be a gracious winner. Like I really want to win. If I don't win, then I'm going to be a gracious loser. If I do win, I'm not going to like, you know, prance around. I'm going to be a gracious winner, but I'm going to be proud of myself. Like 
working really hard for something I want. There's, you know, but I also, I also feel a little like it's hard to admit that I'm competitive. It's hard for me to admit that I want to beat you, <laughs> you know, uh, because we do want to be collaborative. We do want to um, build each other up, I think, by nature. So, but I think we can have both. That's how you sell your coaching is how to have both. Right. Um, yeah. Cause your, what is owning your competitive desires and nature and urge to win, but you don't share the how in your talk. You just talk about the, what we'll come back to it. Yeah. This is like, um, you know, people talk about your exploring your money mindset and you're the beliefs that you have around money. This is exploring your beliefs around competition. Yeah. I think there's a lot of overlap there. We, you know, with the money mindset and maybe I, sh I should listen, re-listen to your episode about, um, that you might have more than one. It's in a few places embedded. Yeah. I see a lot of similarities in competing and, and training. Mm -hmm. There's an episode that I'm going to send to you after by Brooke Castillo from the life coach school. Okay. She talks, she's made like $10 million from her life coaching business. And she teaches other life coaches how to make a million dollars. And she has an episode recently on being fucking excited to make a lot of goddamn money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that, like women hold back from being like, Oh, money would be nice, but really my family's most important. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. And this and, is like, no, damn it. Like, of course your family is important. Yeah. You can still make a lot of money and still yeah. have your family be important. Yeah. You can still compete to win and still be gracious. Yeah. And you can still compete to win. And also, if you don't, be extremely proud of all the work you put in to better yourself. It strikes me here that there's a fear of success. Maybe. I mean, I think that probably is underlying in a lot of, you know, especially women. Yeah. It might be, it might be different for each, it might be different for each woman where that sort of like deep root of it is. But I think fear is there. Yes. Fear of how you're going to be perceived. Yes. Fear of how hard things might be, you know, fear of having it all, fear of, of, um, how much hard work it might be, <laughs> you know, at the next level. Um, right. So self-sabotaging before they've even won this race, they're like, well, if I win this race, then I'm going to have to go compete. Like, what if I qualify for Hawaii? Then I'm going to have to go race in Hawaii. And that's going to freak me out. I can't race with the big guys. I better not qualify for Hawaii. Yeah. Well, that also impacts family life. Like, you know, um, which I think a lot of women are mostly responsible for their families, even if they are both working full time or maybe they're not, but they are primarily responsible for their families. So, so that's a whole nother thing. But um, I think we have this like response, we feel this responsibility to our family. And then we think like, what impact is this going to have on my family? If I spend this amount of time and this amount of money and this amount of energy on this goal. And I think some women aren't even getting there. They're just not even addressing it. They're, it's just so subconscious or so deep down in there. They're just like, I just want to run for fitness. I just want to, you know, do triathlons for 
you know, to better myself, to have, to do something for me. And I think that's great, but I do think also there are many women who, if this like was unleashed, be able to accomplish a lot more of, of what's inside of them. Yes. Even if they don't know what's inside of them. 10 years ago, I had no idea. And in 10 years, I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, I had no idea. You know, that's sort of like what I want to see women accomplish. Like, I want you to look back to 10 years ago and be like, man, I did a lot. Like I accomplished some amazing things. Like, where can I go next? Um, and I don't, I don't know that that many women as, that I'm coaching anyway, um, or I'm talking to really, really think about things that way. Yeah. Until you become aware of it. It's sort of like a, you don't know what you're missing. It strikes me that you have, that this would be a flipping awesome talk. Because I don't think anybody is saying this stuff at the level that you're saying it, right? Like, I think people have maybe a semi-awareness that exists, but I think if you name it, I think it'd be awesome. What do you think? I love it. I, I think like just going on this sort of like road, this tangent is, is like firing me up. I'm super excited about this. What's the theme under there? Like, is it owning, is it the mental strength? Is it owning your competitive nature? Um, the theme is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the theme is you saying, these are the really slippery mind tricks that we tell ourselves that we believe as true. And I'm here to call BS on them because they're not true. And we you are far more capable than you believe yourself to be. This is kind of thinking out in the future, but um, I, I also, if I get accepted or, and if I present this elsewhere, this could be my like signature talk. There's a TEDx audition coming up too. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. I have no time to prepare this at all. <laughs> This is a playing small thing. And I truly don't think it's conscious for most women. I think it's ingrained in us. That's how we have been conditioned. So if we, if this gets selected, like you and I need to spend some more time working on this because this is um, my back pocket zone of genius that I have a lot of stuff I can teach you in here. Oh, like you mean mindset stuff? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it could bring in um, mental strengths and all that, you know, that that's an element of it. But this whole idea of like, being a strong woman and a strong voice in the industry, and that's my biggest goal. I think this could be a, a great way to bring other I mean, I want to bring other women forward too. I mean, it can't just be, you know, me wanting to do this myself. I want other women to, you know, push this forward. So, and there are women doing that, <laughs> of course. I mean, this is one of the reasons this conference is happening. Um, I also want you to listen to, this one's an important one for you, for your clients. Uh, number 22, it's around, so people falsely attribute their feelings and they think that their feelings come from outside triggers and events. Uh, I can't remember if you, you told me about that like the day it happened. And I think I heard, I think you did talk about it again on the podcast. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, we talked about this. Like you were so excited about the snow. Your nanny wasn't, you didn't say it was nanny on the podcast, but you told me. 
So the idea is that the snow doesn't have any power to cause my feelings. Um, and you in here said that men are, men are intimidating, but intimidating isn't a thing. Like I can feel intimidated, but I don't have the power to intimidate somebody else. So men, men are intimidating is a lie. Men are just men doing their thing. And I can either choose to feel intimidated or feel confident. So I think that's an important one to call out because men don't have the power to be intimidating. They want to think so. <laughs> and they want to start around with their tops off. <laughs> Right, like they, <laughs> they all, they too falsely believe that they have the power to be intimidating, but they don't. Oh, the other thing I was going to just add to that is, is men have to be a part of this movement. No, they don't. Well, no, I <laughs> That's think another they, lie. No, I think they do. I think they have to. I mean, we don't have to bring them in, but I think they have to change their perspective. Do they? In order for for men to want to be coached by a woman yeah their his perspective has to change okay but but we can't control that side of it that's that's the other side of it we can't control what they're going to do or how our actions are received but what we can do is we can own our power yes i think it's i was going to say i mean i think it's important for us to recognize that there is another side of it Yes, I think there is a distinction to be made. And the distinction is, without getting too lost here, um, that I think it does help when men have the awareness too and they come along and play and they're like, oh yeah, right, okay. And we don't want to make make the mistake of waiting for the men to be a part of it before we show up and use them as a scapegoat or a blame game for why we're not putting on our big girl panties and ponying up and being like, well, men have to be a part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good point. We can't wait. We can't wait for them to change their perspective to start working on this. Um, we can work with the men who want to be a part of it, which I think is a big positive. But I think I think you're right. That's a good distinction to make. Like we can't just keep waiting and being like, well, why can't men see us as equals? Why can't the world see us as equals? We have to start acting it and owning it. Yes. I'm all fired up now. <laughs> Me too. So what I see happening with this is um, did you find the Google Doc? Yeah, you're in there. Okay. So what if this, if this were just me doing it? which is not, but I would want to like, I would want to get, get all these lies out on the table. And then I would want to tell the truth behind each one. And there's lies can be kind of grouped loosely into like, so for this one, I'm slow. For example, there's no such like That's just a judgment. Just stick with the facts. Like my pace right now is a eight and a half minute mile. Right. That's what sticking with the facts is like truth from fiction. Um, Comparison thinking. There was one in here. Let's see. I'm not as fast as she is. Right. Like comparison thinking is a really common one. I hear a lot of like, um, I can't keep up with you. And I'm like, you have no idea what my pace is. You literally, I like, I don't think I've ever been like, I run a seven minute mile. You don't know. I could run a 12 minute mile and I could just be really confident about that. Uh, 
so I also, I hear that from women as well, like either about me or other women or my running club. Oh, I can't keep up with them. You have no idea what paces that that group runs. No idea. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so there's like broad categories of thinking. So it might be good to kind of get a few from each category and just pick out like, I don't know, four lies from two categories or three lies from three categories or something like that. Um, And the point isn't to get into teaching the different types of thinking, but um, to just kind of give it a container. And then here's where the speaking part comes in, interest comes in is you find a story of a client example for each lie. And when you got over the lie, what happened? Right. Cause that's what people are hiring you for is like, Oh, Anne's going to be able to call me on my bullshit stories and help me get to the next level. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly what I want to do. I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, the main reason I became a coach was to help people have that life-changing experience through this sport. Right. And if you can do it in triathlon, you can do it in other parts of your life. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happened to me and so many other athletes. You know, it's like when you accomplish something really hard or something really intimidating to you or, or, you know, a big goal, uh, it does. It creates confidence in in your life. I mean, you know, I, I always go back to like, I'm the best example I can give because I, I know it, I know my story through and through and I lived it. Um, but I'm a, if you met me 10 years ago, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't see, you know, I mean, everybody's story, you know, you, everyone changes, but the drastic impact in my personality. No, I don't know if that's quite the word, but is, is, like it's night and day. Okay. So let's do what we need to do to wrap it up so that you're in a good place with this and can move it forward. Probably next steps are to I think just thinking and writing down, jotting down notes. And then I do really want to come back to this conversation and re-listen to it to probably tomorrow or, you know, with a day in between. Uh, so I can take some notes and really sort of, flush flesh it out with with this um sort of list that you created and and I'll look at your text too I think I feel this has been really helpful like I I wanted to come out of this sort of having a direction and I think I have more than that I just have to pull the pieces together and kind of make it flow I might uh send you the summary if that's okay Mm -hmm. before I send it to them and see if you if you think it's yeah. good <laughs> um, and have your eye on that, that would be awesome. But I think I'm in a good place to kind of take, take this and, and awesome. run with it a little bit. I love this. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, thank you for taking me on that tangent because that was like not exactly where I was expecting to go, but I think it's better. It's so much better than just talking about mental strengths and why that's important. Like, these will be things that these women will have heard themselves say. They will see themselves in your talk. Yeah. And it's a powerful message. Yeah. I love it. Yay. I'm excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anne, for being willing to air a coaching session where even if it's aired after recording, it's still a vulnerable feeling. 
I love how Anne arrived with just some seeds of ideas, and apart from that, was open and willing to explore. At the time this will air, her talk is titled Release Yourself from Limitation, which is no doubt a topic that will resonate for many. There are two things I want to point out from this episode. One is the deep desire that so many of us have to support other women on their path to peak performance, and how playing small can infiltrate so many areas of our lives. I love how Anne uses the sport of triathlon as a window into our own beliefs about what we are capable of accomplishing. Now, of course, there is an element of old-fashioned patriarchy that gets in our way. And we must acknowledge that we, too, are doing it to ourselves as well. If you're curious to see how well you can perform in the sport of triathlon and want to connect with Anne, you can find her at tryityourway.com. That's try, T-R-I, ityourway.com. And her email address is Anne, A-N-N-E, at tryityourway.com. You can also find more ways to connect with her in the show notes. The second thing I want to point out, even at the risk of sounding self-congratulatory, is that our conversation and her subsequent piecing together of her own thought leadership came from a tangent that my intuition wanted to take her on. While I often let my clients' challenges dictate the conversation, in this case, I was getting a strong read to go on this tangent. Rather than ignore that tug, I trusted it and allowed it to say something. Too often, we override our own inner knowing, our own intuition. Maybe we do this because it's been beaten out of us from years of schooling where you're taught to regurgitate answers from a book rather than learn to find your own, who knows. Regardless, your body is a store of information, and all too often, we only access our minds for information, or we seek other people's minds for information. Sometimes, it's almost as if we think of our bodies merely as a vehicle for transporting our brains just like a nacho is simply a vehicle for guacamole. But a nacho has value in its own right. And your body has value in its own right. It stores terabytes of data, and we ignore that information to our own detriment. So if you're drowning out your inner knowing with brainy logic, you might be missing out on accessing a place of deeper knowledge. If you need science to believe anything, I'll link in the show notes to a couple of studies that talk about the enteric nervous system comprising 100 million neurons lining your digestive tract. I know you have a voice of inner wisdom, and I want to encourage you to tap into it and allow it to speak up. Trusting yourself and your own inner knowing is an antidote to self-doubt. So I encourage you to practice using this wisdom to your own benefit. Ladies, what was your takeaway? I would love to hear from you. Come share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. You can go to Facebook and search for She Thinks Big and I'll let you in. And I love hearing from listeners because on this side of the mic, it's crickets and my meowing cats. And if you think I'm kidding, I had to re-record a webinar yesterday because my cat was meowing during the original recording. Note to self, lock the cat door. If you're curious about working with me, you can learn more about strategy sessions, VIP days, and ongoing coaching at my website. SheThinksBigCoaching.com and you can email me at Geraldine at SheThinksBigCoaching.com. That's it for me, ladies. Have a great week and I will see you next time. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.